coming up. It's the biggest party of the summer. And the Thunderdome. The man with the plan starts now. The man with the plan. What's up, world? It's your boy, Be the Man. The man with the plan. Did you miss me? <laughs> Today, we're talking all things SummerSlam with absolutely no time to waste. In the words of Taz, after the pause screen of SmackDown, just bring it. Let's get to it. SummerSlam was packed with action all around, with eight matches, six of those being title matches. Were there things that we never saw coming, as the tagline alluded to? Let's take a look back and break down some highlights. SummerSlam kicked off during the kickoff show with the United States title on the line. Apollo Crews against Mr. Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. So, for starters... MVP has a new theme song. But if you're watching WWE back in 2010, this theme song may sound very familiar and isn't so new. Towards the end of MVP's first WWE run, he debuted this theme song, which is titled Baller's Anthem. Ballin'. According to the good people at Zylot Themes, MVP first used this theme song on the October 21st, 2010 edition of Superstars in a tag match, teaming with Chris Masters against none other than current WWE champion Drew McIntyre and AEW's own Cody Rhodes. It's very crazy to think on where all four of these guys are 10 years later, almost after that match, compared to... 10 years prior. Baller's Anthem can be heard in full on WWE's Uncaged 12 album, available on all streaming platforms. Alright, so moving along here, uh, I unfortunately didn't catch all of this match. I believe I was taking care of a few other things. So the results of this match are courtesy of Lavelle Porter of WrestleZone.com. I'm just here to break it down in audio form. Alright, so this match starts off MVP first and foremost. Tells his hurt business compadres, Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, to head to the back because he's got this. MVP almost right away rolls Apollo Cruz into an ankle lock. Cruz immediately gets to the ropes. Cruz and MVP trade off on some pin attempts. MVP then heads to the outside area. Cruz lands a big drop kick, followed by an armbar. MVP fights to his feet, backs Cruz into the corner. MVP misses a right hand. And number turn, Cruz lands a few strikes of his own. MVP lands a big back body drop to Apollo Cruz over the top rope. Cruz hits his head pretty hard on the steel steps on the way down. Back inside the ring, MVP misses the big player's boot in the corner. Cruz goes up to the top, but MVP hits him along that top rope. And as we all know, that infamous crotch spot. Land against those top ropes, boom, you're, you're coming down on the pebbles, in the words of Bernie Mac, on the, on the pebbles. <laughs> so after that, MVP superplexes Apollo Crews off the second rope. Crews, shortly after, throws MVP over the top rope and lands a big senton over the top rope to the outside. Shouts out to Apollo Crews, man. The athleticism he shows is also oh top-notch. Back in the ring, Apollo Crews beats MVP into the corner and lands MVP with some splashes in the corner. Then 
Paula Cruz hits that typical standing moonsault. Only for the two, though. MVP kicks out. MVP fights out Apollo Crews' first spinning powerbomb attempt to spin out powerbomb. MVP going for a move we haven't seen in a while at Playmaker. But Apollo Crews reverses that to a successful spin out powerbomb for the win, retaining the United States Championship. But of course, the compadres, the hurt business, they're all about pain. John Benjamin and Bobby Lashley run down, but nonetheless, Apollo Crews escapes the potential beatdown. I thought this was a very fun match to kick off SummerSlam. MVP, the vet, big things popping, little things stopping, still showing that that's what he's all about. Even at 46 in his advanced age, MVP was a favorite of mine back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. I hated seeing him go when he got released, but clearly the time in between getting released and all the work he's done in the independence in Japan, clearly it has made him more seasoned along the way because the work he's done with Apollo Crews, this thing going on with trying to get Cedric into the Hurt Business, poking at Ricochet, work with R-Truth, MVP came back like he never left. So, big shouts out to Montel Vontavious Porter MVP, Mr. 305 himself. Big shouts out to you. Apollo Crews is also looking better and better in the ring, but Apollo was already pretty top-notch, if you ask me. And on the mic, he's getting a little bit more comfortable, and I think that's also big thanks to MVP for that. As we would see on Raw this past Monday... Apollo has an almighty mountain in front of him as he'll be defending the U.S. championship again against one Bobby Lashley at the Payback pay-per-view this Sunday, which we will be covering here on the podcast. So will Apollo get lucky again two Sundays in a row against a member of the Hurt Business? We shall see. I, for one, am very interested to see how this goes. While some may be getting tired of Apollo Crews feuding with the Herb business. I think, all pun intended, I don't think it can hurt. Alright, so, as we shift back to the kickoff panel. Kickoff panel, we've got some familiar faces. Some we usually see for these kickoff panels. We've got the lovely Charlie Caruso. The five-time, 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 five-time. WCW champion, six-time world champion if you count his world heavyweight title run in 06, 07, Booker T. The wrestling god, JBL. And, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because she's leaving, Renee Young. As announced last week, Renee Young will be leaving WWE. SummerSlam was indeed her last WWE event, unfortunately. Renee Young, she joined WWE in 2012, first appearing as a co-host for the 2012 Survivor Series pre-show with one Scott Stanford. All on Alex aside, I personally want to give a shout out to Renee Young for all she's done within WWE in the past eight years. I've personally enjoyed everything she's had her hand in within WWE, from talking smack with Daniel Bryan to her WWE Network show Unfiltered, to just about everything in between. Fitting in seamlessly almost everywhere she's placed 
in WWE. The woman can't miss. Truly an individual with style that cannot be duplicated. Her natural gift and gab is something that came across in everything that she did. So, Renee, here's to you. Best of luck in the future endeavors. So, moving on to the main card of SummerSlam. As we usually get for the big-time pay-per-views, another excellent video package from the good video production team at WWE to kick off the pay-per-view. SummerSlam 2020 marks the first pay-per-view in this new contraption, the WWE Thunderdome. So, personally, I have mixed thoughts about it. While it's great that they're able to do so much being in an arena, no fans, they're at Amway Center in Orlando, they're able to do much more with presentation sans actual physical fans. They're able to do much more. Pyro here. Lights there. Here, there, everywhere. But this virtual fan aspect, a lot of people have said it, and I think I'm really starting to agree. It looks like a big Zoom meeting. It looks like a big Zoom meeting mixed with the Black Mirror episode. It's a bit atrocious on the eyes. And as we'd see on this past Raw, there's way too much potential for problematic virtual fans who show the strangest and I'll bet to say the absolute least craziest things on their screen. I think that aspect has to be mixed. I think they kind of need to do away with that. I would almost rather them figure something else out. Hell, bring the Performance Center recruits Back to Amway. Do something else. But the virtual fan aspect takes away from the allure of the Thunderdome. So I think it needs a little tweaking in that regard. But let's get to some matches, shall we? Let's get to some matches. First match of the night. Women's Championship action. SmackDown Women's Championship. We've got the role model, Bailey against the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. So here are some highlights, some of my favorite highlights of the match, as I usually like to get into. Early on, we've got a nice counter sequence from Asuka as she rolls to dodge Bailey and bounces off the rope with a drop kick. Nice little baseball slide into the knee of Bailey from Asuka. Later on, we've got a nice DDT that Asuka lands rather on the outside there. Asuka landing a nice DDT off the steps to Bailey leading to a pretty hilarious scream from Sasha in disbelief. Getting back in the ring, nice float over suplex from Bailey, only for the two count. As we've seen in this pandemic era, Bailey, while she's wrestling in the ring, yells at Michael Cole as she has Asuka in a resting sleeping hold to call it. She says, Michael, how many days am I SmackDown Women's Champion? Michael Cole reluctantly Puts it over 317 days as of SummerSlam. A little later on in the match, Bailey bouncing back with a Bailey of the Belly on Asuka, but only for the two. Asuka gaining some momentum back, lands a running hip attack in the corner, then an elevated kick on Bailey, followed by another running hip attack to the face of Bailey. Asuka can't miss. Bailey, however, does her absolute best. To soft dump Asuka to retain her title. And we can Asuka for the 
Raw title match later on. Sasha defending her title, the Raw Women's title. Asuka then landing a double knee face buster on a running Bailey, but only for the two. Bailey then catching Asuka mid-air, reversing that missile drop kick into a leg lock. I seeing it in action does does a better justice than I could describe it, but that's something I haven't really seen out of Bailey catching a missile drop kick mid-air into a leg lock. So props to Bailey on that one. Bailey thinking everything's going her way, that it's going all good. Goes through that diving elbow drop. Macho man style. Hence the shirt. If you can see it, if I throw it on socials. Oscar reverses that diving elbow drop into an armbar. A little later on to try to seal up the match. Oscar looking for a running hip attack on Bailey. But Sasha was on the apron and ate all of that running hip attack. Got knocked out in the process. Down to the outside. Down Alfonito. But Bailey rolls up Asuka. Retains that title. And goes on until day 318. And as this is being recorded on a Friday, Bailey is at 322 days as SmackDown Women's Champion. Post-match though. Sasha and Bailey take the beat down to Asuka even further, leading to a double team tandem slam on Asuka. Oof. Those golden role models. You love to hate them, and you hate to love them. I guess we'll see how that fares for Asuka later on. Next, we get a recap of the mysterious rogue chaotic group known as Retribution. So this group has been going all over the place, causing chaos between Raw and SmackDown, messing with everyone and everything from the production team, cameramen, both commentator teams, referees, and backstage interviewers. Retribution has been doing whatever they can to change the general way WWE operates. I have mixed feelings about the direction that they're going so far. But hopefully WWE hints at something a little bit more with them this upcoming Sunday at the Payback Pay-Per-View. One issue I have with Retribution running off the Raw commentary team this past Monday. Freaking Samoa Joe's on the commentary team. A man of Samoa Joe's stature who just intimidated Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah, and Buddy Murphy... A man of Samoa Joe's stature who gets retribution on people and has a reputation he has should not be running from retribution. If Braun Strowman and The Fiend, even if it was a bye-bye wave and disappear act from The Fiend, if Braun didn't run, Samoa Joe, out of all people, Samoan Submission Machine, should not be running scared like that. So that's, that's the issue I have. Someone... With Samoa Joe's accolades across pro wrestling should not be running from a group who is performing teenager angst like antics. So that's my beef with retribution. Moving on, next up is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens joins commentary for the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Nice little line from Kevin Owens that he spoke as he made his way to the ring, looking at the awkward virtual fans. 
Kevin Owens points out a guy and says, look at the guy in the AJ Styles shirt. Poor choice. <laughs> KO, clever with the one-liners. So next up, we've got Raw Tag Team Championship action. Angel Garza and Andrade with the lovely Zelina Vega against them boys who want the smoke. All the smoke. Nothing but the smoke. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, the tag team champions of Raw, the Street Profits. So I thought the Red Solo Cup Pyro was a nice touch for Street Profits, although I don't pity the fool who has to clean that Pyro up or all the little red cups up. I don't envy that at all. And to be so quick with it too between matches, I don't envy that. So as we know him for, Montez Ford coming out the gates with the athleticism. High back roll off of Andrade. Huge clothesline. And then a double flapjack with Dawkins. Montez Ford went for the running flip senton to the outside. But Garza and Andrade got him, slamming him to the outside. Garza soon after lands a big running drop kick to a seated Tez. Andrade then locks in the triangle armbar on the apron to Tez while the ref isn't looking. Big! Big running kick from Garza to a tree to Woe Tez, followed by the double stomp from Andrade in that tree to Woe position. These two did absolutely fantastic job keeping Tez separated from Dawkins here. But not for long. Tez lands big in Zaguri, gets the hot tag. Tangelo Dawkins, big offense from Tez on Andrade. Andrade reverses, landing a big back elbow. Soon after, Dawkins lands a quick and swift spear. He wasn't going. He wasn't going. Big diving crossbody from Tez to Garza, as both men are legal now. But Garza reverses, tempting a pin and almost had it. But the ref caught Andrade holding Montez Ford's leg on the ropes. Montez Ford reverses the wing clipper from Garza after Zelina gets knocked off the apron. As a good client should, check on your manager. Andrade does just that. While Andrade checks on Zelina, Dawkins lands that big cash-out spine buster on Garza and Tez with probably one of the best modern-day frog splashes ever. Big height. Turns midair. Big air. Turns midair. Lands that frog splash on Garza. Street Profits retain. Wow, what a match. What a match. After Taz got that unfortunate poison, like BBD, after he got that unfortunate poison from Selena Vega, them boys came back. One thing I highly recommend going back to watch, I think both on Raw Talk and their WWE.com exclusive, their promo... At least Tez. Dawkins was relatively silent, but he was silent but deadly. Montez Ford, when he wants to be serious, he can be serious. And, of course, your boy knows. Your boy knows about being serious. I'm interested to see who's next for the Street Profits. If I had to guess correctly, based off recent Raw Talks, and based off the bump, I'm guessing the Hurt Business is looking to go one-on-one with them boys, Street Profits. But before leaving the commentary table, Kevin Owens 
tells us that Aleister Black will be on the KO show that following night on Raw. As we would see on Raw, however, that didn't pan out well. Aleister Black coming back Nick Fury style with the patch over the eye or what looked like a bandana over the eye. Aleister Black has a few words. It's a wicked back elbow on Kevin Owens and a black mass. Looks like Alistair has faded to the dark side of black. Man, I have mixed thoughts about Alistair Black turning heel. While on one side of the coin, it's probably for the best. But at the same time, I feel like there's been a lot of missteps that have happened since he's been on Raw. And when he was doing the knock-knock with the door, let me in. I feel like there were some major missteps there. But guess we'll see how this pans out with Aleister Black with his Nick Fury-like face. <laughs> so, next up, we've got a backstage segment with the Golden Road Models and the lovely Caleb Braxton. Sasha Banks has no doubts that she can beat Asuka. If Bailey's already beaten Oscar. Ding dong. Hello? The Golden Role Models. They make it very clear. They ain't worried about Asuka after earlier in the night. Bailey, with a broom in hand, lets Kayla know that it's going to be a clean sweep tonight and that they'll retain their tag team titles at Payback and the Raw Women's titles later on. Let's see how that works out for them. Next up. We've got a no disqualification loser leaves WWE match between the former best friends, the former Fire and Desire cohorts, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Right out the gate, Sonya pushes Mandy, and Mandy tries to rebound with a running knee. Sonya catches her, slams her almost immediately. Mandy and Sonya take it to the outside. Mandy lands a pretty impressive suplex on the ramp to Sonya. Back to the other side of the ring, Mandy, from the announcer's table, lands a flying clothesline on Sonya, followed by some blows. Mandy going underneath the ring, noticing all the kendo sticks piled up, but keeping with the storyline, she saves those there kendo sticks for one Dominic Mysterio later on. She grabs the table instead. What does she have in mind? Sonya, she bounces back, landing some chair shots to the ribs of Mandy. Sonya with her own running knee, running sliding knee, but only for the two. Mandy went for a running knee again, but Sonya reverses it into a dragon sleeper that many would be proud of. Undertaker, Ultimo Dragon. The OGs of the Dragon Sleeper. Sonya begins to utilize more of that MMA background, executing a triangle hold, but Mandy almost catches the pinfall due to Sonya's shoulders being down while having that triangle hold locked. Going back to the outside, Mandy begins to slam Sonya's head on the announcer's table. Mandy begins to set Sonya on the table, on the wooden table, but Sonya rolls off before Mandy does anything at all. Mandy then begins to slide a chair to the head of Sonya, but Sonya tosses the table aside and lands a big Yakuza-like kick to the chest of Mandy. Back in the ring, Mandy starts to go in, 
with more running knees. She does another one, and then another one, and then a third, another one. With the double arm face buster, and another one, running knee. Mandy Rose takes the pin, takes the win, forcing Sonya to have to leave WWE. I uh, have some mixed thoughts about this match. While I certainly applaud Mandy stepping up her intensity here, there are definitely some spots that were a bit clunky for me. The table never got used. I know there are some struggle spots there that took me by surprise with Mandy operating the table. That certainly took me by surprise. But uh, I have mixed thoughts about this match. It was it was a bit clunky. It was a bit sloppy in areas. Considering what those two women have gone through, kayfabe aside, what Sonya's got going on in her personal life, I don't know if either women's heads were in the match like that, and I honestly can't blame either of them. So I'm not going to go ham on this match simply because of that. Best thoughts go out to Sonya for sure. I assume that her losing this Lose Leaves WWE match, I assume is some well-needed time off for her, so I'm not going to judge this match harshly considering what those two have gone through in regards to that. So keeping my thoughts and prayers out to Sonya Deville during this time, hopefully when she is, if ever, ready to come back, hopefully this feud can either pick up where it left off or they can kind of... You know, go onward and upward. Post-match, Otis runs down to the ring. Celebrates with his peach. Oh, yeah. He does a caterpillar himself and celebrates with Mandy. Mandy breaks out into a... (laughs) Mandy breaks out into a questionable caterpillar of her own. But, hey, the two celebrate the fact that she keeps her job. The comparison that they made on the bump this past Wednesday when Mandy Rose was on, I thought was... Very apropos for SummerSlam. Otis holding up Mandy, similar to Macho Man and Elizabeth. Again, with the Macho Man, as I have the shirt on right now. So, I suppose that was pretty symbolic. I, nice little nod to one Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Next up, we've got the street fight. The one we've been waiting for. One. Dominic Mysterio against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Out the gate, Seth pulling some mental games with his attire. It's a direct nod to Rey Mysterio's attire from Halloween Havoc of 97, which is a great match, by the way. Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc, 1997. Phenomenal match. Seth playing mental games off top. His attire, very similar to Rey Mysterio's from back then. Speaking of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, 15 years ago, Dominic was involved in the infamous custody battle ladder match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero at SummerSlam 2005 when he was 8 years old. Here we are, 2020, Dom is on his grown man tip facing off against the Monday Night Messiah. Starting out, Seth leans out, begging Dom to hit him. Dom goes for a headlock, but Seth pushes Dom off. Seth yells to Ray, he's not Uncle Eddie's. 
which is a nice callback to that aforementioned SummerSlam match. We got a nice tilt-the-world arm drag from Dominic. Seth, being the top-notch guy he is, he's not going for that. He puts Dominic in the corner, stomping him, landing some foot chokes, followed by a big scoop slam. Seth was going for a kendo stick shot, but Dominic lands a big drop kick on Seth. Dominic was looking for more offense, but Seth lands that signature sling bait. Seth trying his best to goad Ray into getting involved, but Dominic, he wants to fight like a man. He yells, don't. I commend Dominic for wanting to fight like a man without getting that involved. Dominic begins to bounce back a little bit, landing a drop toehold to Seth Rollins on the chair. Soon after, he lands a 10-punch and a Hurricane Rana, countering Seth's buckle bomb. Dominic is starting to show out here. On commentary, as Dominic gets that Kindle stick, Samoa Joe yells batter up. Dominic goes Thunderdome swinging with the Kindle stick to the body of Seth Rollins. Ooh. Dominic was going for a maneuver off top, but Seth Rollins hits him with that superplex Falcon Arrow combo, but only for the two. They briefly show Angie Mysterio backstage as she is very concerned for her son, Dominic. Buddy Murphy, or simply Murphy, he is now getting the table for Seth Rollins as Seth's trash talks to Ray in between this whooping, government mule-style whooping to Dominic. But Dominic catches Seth on the rope, causing the infamous pebble spot, as we mentioned earlier, Pebble spot, crotch drop, groin drop to the rope, bringing Seth down with a move that Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and any ECW original would be proud of. Dominic brings Seth down with a white Russian leg sweep through the table. For those who may not know, a white Russian leg sweep is a Russian leg sweep with a kendo stick across the neck. I advise you guys to look it up. Sandman has done it, and Tommy Dreamer has done it a few times. It was was a nice touch from Dominic. Dominic then lands an impressive frog splash. Not the first time we've seen that tonight, but only lands it for the two. He has some nice height on that. Seth Rollins, however, bounces back with a huge super kick and powerbomb. With Dominic's tank top attire exposed... Seth Rollins, he lands those oh-so-familiar kendo sticks on Dominic Mysterio, causing some deja vu from a few weeks back. Murphy now digs out some handcuffs, which is very legal. It's a street fight. And we've got Rey Mysterio looking more concerned for his son. With a little suspense. Mama Angie, Angie Mysterio, she makes her way to ringside, attempting to stop this. I thought she was going to have a towel with her. I thought she was going to throw in the towel. But Rey Mysterio pleading with his wife to, to let their son do this. Dominic almost got her near fall somewhere in the midst there, but Murphy came in with that wicked running knee. Soon after, Murphy was trying to do what he did to Aleister Black. That's why Aleister Black is messed up right now. He tried to take Dominic's eye out like they did Aleister, like they did Ray. But nah, nah, Rey Mysterio, he said, nah, nah, ran back down to that ring for a save. 
Barely. Seth and Murphy, they now handcuff Ray to the ropes, making Ray completely defenseless and vulnerable to candlestick shots from Seth and Buddy Murphy. But Seth slowly turns, has his attention on one Angie Mysterio. Oh, no. But Dominic's instinct kicked in. He said, I ain't letting my mama get beat up by Seth Rollins. Oh, no. Dominic was up, making sure nothing happened to his mama. Then he lands a big 619. Buica, buica. He was looking for another frog splash, but unfortunately, Seth Rollins got his knees up. Seth comes back a little bit. Then he lets Dominic call out and reach out for Ray while Ray's still handcuffed. Some Lion King savagery right there. Seth then hits the curb stomp on poor Dominic, picking up the win and leaving the key for the handcuffs to Dominic so he can unlock him for his pop. I gotta say, man, props to Dominic Mysterio for a real good showing here. I certainly was impressed. I figured he'd be relatively solid training with Rey Mysterio. I believe he did a little training with Lance Storm as well, who is a great, great, wrestler in his own right so Dominic definitely wasn't playing around had some guidance from Seth I'm sure so props to Dominic Mysterio but looks like the father-son tandem here of Dominic and Ray they'll have a chance for apropos payback as the Mysterios take on Rollins and Murphy this Sunday at payback as announced earlier today Next, we've got an advertisement for a new WWE 24 special highlighting WrestleMania 36 and a shift from expecting it to be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa to a shifting to a two-night event at the Performance Center due to the pandemic. I actually was able to check this one out prior to SummerSlam and it is certainly worth a watch. It provides much insight into the shift of things, whether it's expanding on Drew McIntyre's perspective from his WWE 24 special, uh, expanding on Braun replacing Roman. It provides some insight from a good chunk of people. Definitely worth a watch. Next up, we've got Raw Women's Championship action. The boss, Sasha Banks, against the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. So Sasha earned the right to defend her title second, against Asuka per the beat the clock challenge from the SmackDown prior to SummerSlam. Right out the gate, Sasha Banks targeting that same knee that Bayley worked on earlier. However, Asuka lands some kicks to the head of Sasha. On the outside, Asuka locks in the knee bar, but Sasha breaks out some kicks from the opposite and free leg. After a running knee to the corner, Sasha lands a big sunset flip powerbomb to the outside. Oh, Sasha wasn't playing around. She then lands a kick to a corner-seated Asuka, goes for the pinfall, and it's just barely for the two. Sasha then goes for those double knees to an elevated Asuka in the corner, but Asuka reverses it into an electric chair forward drop, transitioning then into an armbar. That sequence alone is worth watching back. Words cannot do that justice. Asuka then counters some top rope offense from Sasha into a top rope DDT. Whoa. They are stepping it up big time from their Extreme Rules match. 
Asuka then went for an alley-oop to a seated Asuka, an alley-oop toss, but Sasha counters that with the double knees to the face of Asuka. Another frog splash attempt of the night as Sasha tries to land a frog splash, but ding-dong, hello? Nobody's home. Asuka moves out the way. Bailey, being there for her BFF, Bailey tries to hype up Sasha, but Sasha runs right into the Asuka lock. No matter how Sasha tries to maneuver here, Asuka's keeping it locked on tight, but Sasha finally finds a way to get out of it, but gets kicked in the mid-region. After a repeat of earlier with the running hip attack, Sasha and Bailey both get out the way. However, it's time around. Asuka locks on the Asuka lock one final time, picks up the win via submission, new Raw Women's Champion in Asuka. Wow. Post-match, Sasha has a look of disbelief, disarray, as Bailey tries to comfort her. But they gotta get it together, because this Sunday at Payback, they gotta defend those women tag titles. So hopefully they, they, they recoup a little bit. As they announced on Raw, their opponents? Their opponents for those women's tag team titles? The Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, and the Irresistible Force, Nia Jax, who have been feuding themselves. So let's see if both teams can get it together here. Let's see who walks out at Payback with those women's tag titles. Next up, we've got one of the two big title matches. We got WWE Championship action. Big man. One of my favorites. Drew McIntyre, the WWE Champion currently. Versus the Viper. The Apex Predator. The Legend Killer. Again, Randy Orton. We've got the old school Randy Orton Pyro back. Those who might remember 2003, 2004. 2005, maybe even 2006 as well. Randy Orton, he hit the pose with the gold pyro on the back. They brought it back in the Thunderdome. I thought it was a nice touch. They briefly cut to Shawn Michaels, speaking via video very briefly, on how he hopes Drew McIntyre lands a swift claymore on Randy Orton on his behalf. That part fascinated me because as a big Shawn Michaels fan who was able to watch all of his second run, 2002 to 2010, I was thinking, if this was Shawn Michaels from even five years ago, maybe even closer to around the time he retired, he would have had no problem, in the words of Shawn Michaels, kicking his teeth down his throats. So... To me, it was boggling that they had Shawn Michaels kind of in that spot of what was me legend. So I thought that was interesting because Shawn Michaels, at least 10 years ago, would have kicked that teeth down Randy Orton's throat. But nonetheless, here's some highlights from a doggone good WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre, before this match starts, Drew McIntyre seems to be digging his pyro. He steadily nods his head and smirks, pyro going on around him. I think that's another plus of the Thunderdome, too. The presentation is something they were definitely missing for a while, even pre-COVID. 
So now, finally, it's time to break down some highlights of this WWE Championship match. Both these guys are playing a little bit of cat and dog mind games here. Randy playing the slick and smooth while Drew was waiting to get in there, get some action. Drew looks for a big boot, but Randy Orton, veteran, he knows what he's doing. He gets out the ring. These two early on are in a back and forth speed and wits. Orton looks for the RKO early a few times, but Drew McIntyre slid out the ring. As Samoa Joe said, Randy Orton is playing Drew McIntyre like a fiddle. A little later on, Drew McIntyre was looking for a corner attack, but Randy threw him in the corner. Shorter first. Back to the outside, Randy Orton hits his newer signature spot of a back suplex on the announcer's table. Not once, but twice, taking some steam out of Drew McIntyre. Breaking the 10 count, Randy Orton goes back to ringside, goes back out, superplexes Drew McIntyre from the announcer's table to the floor. Back in the ring in the corner, Randy Orton was looking to kick Drew McIntyre. He escapes and then executes a strategic leg breaker. Randy Orton returns a favor, targeting Drew McIntyre's knee. Drew McIntyre taking a page out of one Ric Flair's book. Woo! Locking in the figure four leg lock on Randy Orton. Very apropos considering Randy Orton's punt to Ric Flair a few weeks back. Randy Orton tried to reverse the pressure, but he only made it worse. But Randy Orton pulls the ref away and rakes the eyes of Drew McIntyre. While there might be slight damage to the eye of Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre's face shortly makes it looks like he has some war paint on. McIntyre... Bounces back, though, with a nice comeback sequence. Landing some clotheslines and some big belly-to-bellies on Randy Orton. Then Drew McIntyre, a little bit more. Big diving clothesline, followed by a kip-up from the big man. Somewhere in the match, though, one of the two got busted open. I think it might have been Drew, according to commentary. One of the two must have got busted open. As referee Chad Patton, he busted out the rubber gloves. Drew McIntyre lands that big future shock, but only for the two. Drew McIntyre goes for the diving attack once again, but Randy Orton moves out the way and catches Drew on the rebound off the ropes with a power slam, but only for the two. Randy Orton always hits that move pretty, pretty smooth. Randy Orton again here looking for that signature apron spike DDT. But McIntyre lands a Glasgow kiss headbutt and tosses Randy to the outside. Back in the ring again, Orton goes for the apron spike DDT again. This time he lands it. We all know what's coming next. One of two things. He went for the other. Loading up for that punk kick. But instead, Drew McIntyre drops him big with a powerbomb. We've got McIntyre looking for that Claymore. He's hyped. He's hamped. He's a hero we need on a stamp. But he misses Orton with the RKO attempt. But Drew McIntyre counters it and wins with a backslide pin. Oh! I certainly was shocked. Drew McIntyre retaining with a backslide pin. Amazing. Amazing match from both men. As much as we might Crap on Randy Orton at times. He still proves he's one of the best in the game. Ever so seamless. Drew McIntyre has been on top of his game. Both men put on another another banger of a match. 
Next up, we get a promo. For one, he is limitless. Keith Lee, he's coming to Raw. We get a quick promo after that, showing Keith Lee following his hard-fought match that he had at TakeOver the night before. Following his debut match against Randy Orton, we find out that the two will be having a rematch at Payback this Sunday. Will Keith be making Randy bask in his glory? Or will Randy show Keith those three letters that so many have fallen to in the past 17 years since he's used that move? We shall see. And finally, the main event. The Universal Championship falls count anywhere. The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus the Monster Among Men Braun Strowman. So quick little side note. Quick shout out to producers Adam Pierce, Sanjay Dutt, and Jamie Noble for how they sold the Fiend's emergence out that ambulance this past Friday on SmackDown. Adam Pierce was trying to figure out why the ambulance wasn't backing up or wasn't leaving the arena, and I was trying to figure out why the ambulance backed up. I fought the slow backup of the ambulance, the three reactions from Pierce, Dutt, and Noble. I thought it worked well with what they were trying to do. The slow pan to Adam Pierce and the rest of the crew back there. The look of shock and horror on Adam Pierce's face. I think Sanjay Dutt and Jamie Noble were out of the shot, but all three of them in that segment of getting regular Bray into the ambulance. And then next thing you know, the slow reveal from the horror of Adam Pierce's face to the fiend just standing between those back doors of the ambulance. I thought it was very well done. It reminded me of any time they've done it with Kane. It was very well done. Very, very well done. Shouts out to Adam Pierce, Sanjay Dutt, Jamie Noble. Very well done there. I always enjoy how the agents and producers can get involved subtly in storylines like that. The Fiend. Let me in. I enjoy how his entrance looks in this Thunderdome setting. It was very fitting that it was the first entrance that got debuted back on SmackDown in the Thunderdome last Friday. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman, he's ditched the usual black tank top and debuts an entrance vest. He's certainly living up to the reemergence of the most evil SOB we've ever seen since that swap match back at Extreme Rules. Braun Strowman out the gate with the blows to the Fiend in the corner. The Fiend laughs in his usual signature maniacal laugh and soon after executes that neck crank that he executed on Finn Balor at last year's SummerSlam and Seth Rollins in all of those respective matches. The Fiend pulls out a toolbox and nails Braun Strowman in the stomach with it. Braun goes full steam ahead, plows through the Fiend, through the barricade, but it's the Fiend, man. He's popped right back up. It did nothing. Fiend bounces back with a cross throat chop right to the throat of Braun. But Braun, he said, I ain't finished with you yet. Lands a big choke slam on the announcer table to the Fiend. But the Fiend, oof, he landed on the edge of the table. I don't care how invincible you are. 
it looked like it hurt. The mask might hide the pain, but that had to hurt. But that's why the Fiend has the heel glove, right? Braun Strowman lands a wicked shot with the stairs. Reminds me of a lot of matches I've done on SmackDown Here Comes the Pain. Especially some of my recent matches from a few nights ago. Back to the in-ring action. Braun Strowman lands that infamous running power slam, but he only gets the one. Maybe a 1.5. Taking it back to the outside, Braun Strowman, he throws the Fiends into the arena LED boards by the entranceway. Braun and the Fiend, they're in the gorilla position. Fiend tosses Braun into both sides of the wall. Lands a sister Abigail, but only for the two. The Fiend rakes the eyes of Braun Strowman. And now the Fiend drags Braun back to the ring area, tossing him into the LED board. Went for the mandible claw, but Braun slowly got out of it. Looks like the top of Braun's newly bald head is busted open slightly. Shortly after, Braun lands a club to the chest of the Fiend, but only for the two. We got another power slam, but it does no good against the Fiend. Strowman... He's literally going to the tool shed, to the tool box, for a box cutter. What's he going to do with that? We see shortly after, he's slicing, dicing up the mat, taking the page out of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa's book. Big page out of their book. But of course, it's the Fiend, baby. He pops back up, hits a Uranagi. Followed by Sister Abigail on that exposed wood of the ring. Not once, but twice. New Universal Champion, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, gets his title back. But it ain't over. Roman reigns out of nowhere. Spears The Fiend. Then he spears Braun Strowman. Talking big junk. He said... You ain't a monster unless I'm here. Sets it to Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns with chair shot after chair shot after chair shot after chair shot to Braun Strowman. Hits a big spear with the wreck everyone to leave shirt. A shirt I might have to buy in the future. He goes back to the Fiend in the ring. Big spear to the Fiend. Roman Reigns. He says, you're just a freak in the mask. You can't handle the responsibility. I'm the guy that you'll never be. Roman Reigns makes it clear to both men. They ain't Jack compared to Roman. If Roman ain't there, they ain't nobody. Roman Reigns holds up that universal title, lets it be known. He's coming. Ladies, gents, what an ending. I didn't know if they'd live up to that you'll never see a coming moniker. But whoa. Whoa! Big dog, Roman Reigns. Wow. What an ending. The next night on Raw, we would find out that these three men will indeed be in a no-holds-barred match for the Universal Championship this Sunday at Payback. As I record this 20 minutes before SmackDown comes on, the contract signing will be on SmackDown tonight, I am excited to see how that pans out. And as I try to cram this in before SmackDown airs, 
I am very excited for SmackDown and subsequently Payback. I imagine it's going to be must-see. Roman Reigns' first match back since, I think, Super Showdown? I can't remember the last Roman Reigns match I saw, but it's been a while for Roman. But, you know, you want to get eyes on a pay-per-view a week after SummerSlam? What better way than to put the big dog, the fiend, and the monster among men in the same ring at the same damn time? I am very intrigued to see how this one plays out. So, here's some final notes, some final thoughts I had about SummerSlam. I thought this was an all-around good SummerSlam. That's something I never saw coming. Aside from a few hiccups in the Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville match, this was a SummerSlam that I really enjoyed. To me, it was one of the better pay-per-views of the year, and one of the better ones especially during the COVID era. Making World Championships matter again. Making World Championship matches matter again. SummerSlam was the first time in a while that I felt the WWE Championship and Universal Championship mattered on an equal tier. Since the inception of the Universal Championship four years ago, in 2016, appropriately enough, at SummerSlam, it's felt much weaker in prestige to the WWE Championship. Even with Brock Lesnar holding the title a majority of its infancy, it hasn't done much to raise the prestige of the title. The presentation of the Universal Championship has shifted greatly since Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35 and has continued to shift in a way better direction as the history develops with anyone not named Brock Lesnar holding the title. It's a very overdue change. And finally, the return of the big dog. Absence truly makes the heart grow fonder. Roman Reigns was originally scheduled to face Bill Goldberg at WrestleMania back in April. But, as has been confirmed, he decided to take some time off. Since then, we had heard no rumblings or mentions of the former S.H.I.E.L.D. member. This return was truly one we didn't see coming. And the suddenness of the spear on the Fiend, I, I, I popped big time. I was surprised. I was in this very spot. Looking at the TV in shock. Oh, I was in shock. Roman Reigns may just be the thing that's missing from SmackDown lately. However, do I want him with the Universal title so soon? Not exactly. I'm in the majority that believe that The Fiend should have never lost the Universal title to Goldberg at Super Showdown back in February. I distinctly remember finding out after my sound business class I remember finding out, and I was not happy. I still don't think Fiend should have lost. I'd love to see the Fiend with a much lengthier Universal title run in comparison to the first run, and even in comparison to his WWE title run pre-Fiend. Hopefully the return of one of Bray Wyatt's mortal enemies doesn't harm him more than good. We shall see. As SmackDown approaches, and as Payback approaches, I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. But folks, that is SummerSlam for you. All in all, a really good show. As per usual at the end of my episodes, I'd like to send you guys off with some wise words of wisdom. 
This one comes from my grandma Pearl. If you don't believe, you don't receive. You've got to believe in order to receive. Folks, that does it for me. I am Be The Man, the man with the plan, signing out. The man with the plan. Nothing more, nothing less.